if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed. And a good morning to you. Push that button for me, Andrew, and take that echo. Thank you very much, good sir. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock as we get started on this Monday, the sixth morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Did you enjoy your holiday celebration? Did you enjoy perhaps your last commemoration of the independence of the United States of America, the birth of the greatest nation in the history of human civilization, the birth of the greatest beacon uh, of freedom in the history of human civilization is going to be uh, it's going to be eliminated from celebration if we are not careful this November. And we start that by talking about how we celebrated this uh, Independence Day weekend. We celebrated it by essentially allowing our worst among us, meaning the violent criminals, to run rampant through our streets. We celebrated this Independence Day weekend by allowing the most vile creatures uh, in human existence to shoot and kill innocent people. Yes, they were trying to shoot and kill other vile creatures, but... Oftentimes, far too often, as a matter of fact, they end up killing or harming uh, innocent people. That's how we celebrated our independence. And when I say we allowed this to happen, what do I mean? Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the movement over the course of the last several weeks to do what? To make police officers out to be the problem. Police officers are the evil. They're the vile creatures. They're the uh, most um, uh, violent among us. They are the ones that have to be stopped. It's police officers that are the problem. We've heard this now for five weeks and counting. Obviously, ever since the terrible death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota, police officers have become the boogeyman. Police officers are the ones who are causing all of the problems, they must be abolished. At the bare minimum, they must be defunded, and perhaps they must be reimagined. We need to disarm them if we keep them at all. We need to send them into encounters with the goal of de-escalating situations and not using their firearms. This is what must happen with policing. And if we do not do that, if police officers do get involved in physical confrontations, we will hold them accountable. We will try them. Even if somebody fires a lethal weapon at them, 
if they fire a deadly weapon at them, but the suspect's deadly weapon doesn't kill them, they still aren't allowed to fire back with their own deadly weapon. We learned that in Atlanta. Police officers are the problem. So with police being abolished or defunded or essentially just being ostracized as decent members and protectors of the community, what has that done to the community? It has allowed those vile creatures to run wild. What vile creatures? The ones responsible for now, and, and, and you know, every week you think they can't outdo themselves, in the, but they do it. The one, the ones responsible for another sixty plus shootings in the city of Chicago, including how many deaths over the weekend in Chicago? Was it eighteen? I got to find that number again. I apologize. Seem to have uh, lost. Here it is: sixty-seven shots, sixteen killed in Chicago, Illinois, this weekend alone. Let me give you that number again: sixty-seven shots, sixteen dead in Chicago. As families gather to commemorate the founding of our nation, says Mayor Lori Lightfoot, we must now ask ourselves, is this who we are as a city or as a country? We cannot grow numb to this. We are making progress in slowing shootings, but we have to do better. Every single one of us. No, not every single one of us, Mayor. You. You and your liberal Democrats who run the city of Chicago, all the aldermen, you, all of you, who refuse to back your police and support them in going out there and actually engaging with the violent criminals. You, who have told them they will, you will not have their back. You have to do better. Not every single one of us. And by the way, bragging about making progress, because last weekend uh, there were over 100 shot, and this time only 67 shot, not a good look. Not something that you want to brag about. Let's move to Atlanta, where Mayor uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms in the city of Atlanta had condemned police and condemned the shooting of Rayshard Brooks by a police officer who had had a deadly weapon fired at him by that same individual, Rayshard Brooks, who condemned the officer and condemned police. Now that an eight-year-old has been shot, has said, okay, maybe this is kind of bad. How about that? After a night of a dozen shootings in Atlanta, one in which uh, one that took the life of an eight-year-old girl, finally, Mayor Bottoms said protesters can no longer occupy the Wendy's where Rayshard Brooks was, was shot. She said, this isn't on the police anymore. This is, uh, quote, now we are demanding action for Sequoia Turner and all other people who were shot in Atlanta last night. Enough is enough. If you want people to take us seriously, see, she calls herself an us. She says she is part of the us, meaning she stands with the protesters. If you want people to take us seriously and you don't want us to lose this movement, again, she's not in the office of mayor for the purpose of imposing law and order, which is what every decent civilization from the local level, the municipal level, to the state, to the county level, to the state level, to the national level, needs she's not there for law and order she counts herself among the protesters if you want people to take us seriously and you don't want us to lose this movement we can't lose each other she said at this point that an eight-year-old baby is killed the discussions have ended she said the police aren't even uh, or excuse me she said the uh, police are not to blame here for this particular situation
So, you know, th- that's just two cities as an example. And since one is in Chicago to our west, one is in Atlanta to the south, what do you say we just turn our eyes homeward? What do you say we just talk about the city of Cleveland, Ohio? On Independence Day 2020, amidst a police uh, shutout, is what I will call it, police being shut out from doing their jobs, police not being encouraged or allowed either by consent decree passed and signed onto by Cleveland's city council and Cleveland's mayor, back when Barack Obama was running the show and Eric Holder uh, instituted these consent decrees, essentially threatening a loss of federal funding for cities that did not do so. So because of consent decrees that limit police's ability, police officers' ability to proactively patrol and to try to stop violent crime, between that and current decisions being made by Mayor Frank Jackson and his police, police chief Calvin Williams, Again, limiting police officers' ability to do whatever they can to save lives while putting their own on the line. On this Independence Day, this past Saturday, 29 people were shot in the city of Cleveland. 22 separate shootings, 29 shooting victims. The newspaper and a couple of the TV stations are slow to report this. And in fact, are underreporting it, saying 22 shootings, but 22 separate shootings, multiple victims in some, leading to 29 people shot. These, the figures I got from my sources at the uh, at the uh, Cleveland Police Homicide Unit, 29 shot. And where did Mayor Frank Jackson have the police resources assigned? Well at least some of them, to guarding the Black Lives Matter mural on East 93rd. 24-7. The Black Lives Matter mural matters. Actual black lives don't. And on what basis do I make that allegation? The fact that of the 29 people shot in Cleveland on Independence Day, 26 of them were African-American. Two were Latino or Hispanic origin. One was unknown at the time that I got that report. But 26 of the 29 victims were African American. Do black lives matter as much as politics and a black lives matter mural matters? Apparently not. Now, am I saying that taking a couple of officers off of the guard the paint job detail that they were on on East 93rd would have stopped all these shootings? Of course not. Am I questioning the priorities of the Jackson administration in assigning officers who could be on patrol in some of Cleveland's deadliest neighborhoods where shootings are more commonplace, where they could have been there to react and perhaps protect and save lives? Am I questioning the priorities of the Jackson uh, administration? You're darn right I am. And I'm disgusted by the fact that this level of violence isn't outraging more Clevelanders. And on a bigger picture, because I just gave you a couple of other examples of Chicago and Atlanta, add into that New York and several other urban centers where police have either been defunded 
or ordered to stand down and not be proactive in trying to prevent violent crime. In all of these cities, we should be outraged. And the fact of the matter is, we're not. What should be the headline on the website of Cleveland's only newspaper? And when I say that, I know Cleveland.com and the Cleveland Plain Dealer are technically separate entities, but they literally use—they uh, are literally used for the same purpose by the same people. What should be the headline today? It should be that 29 people were shot in Cleveland on, in, uh, in, uh, in Cleveland on Independence Day. I have been, as I do every day, of course, and I, I save particular stories and I, and I mark certain stories and I bookmark them, et cetera, et cetera, so that I can call them up. I do go to Cleveland.com sometimes to get the latest. What a mistake that was. My friends, I want you to listen now as I tell you, and I'm staring at Cleveland.com right now. Top stories. This is their website. And I'm going to, tell, I'm going to read you the headlines. In the top story section. Ready? Ohio deaths by suicide exploded in the past decade, and landmark studies could worsen due to coronavirus pandemic isolation. Cleveland City Council member Bashir Jones shares debunked claim about face masks on social media. Masks now required in public in Cleveland, which I'll get to later, by the way. Zach Plezak was Cleveland Indians traveling man during the coronavirus shutdown. What's trending today? Coronavirus updates, Donald Trump, and more. Jorge Masvidal makes UFC 251 on Fight Island a must-see. Machine Gun Kelly mourns the death of his father. Cleveland reopens recreation centers, but with new rules and restrictions meant to check spread of coronavirus. Cleveland City Council will consider penalties for mask mandate. Several children victim in... Ah! Several children victims in spike of gun violence in Chicago. Ohio nursing home worker dies of coronavirus. 2021 Ohio State Football Commit. Have the Cleveland Indians finally concluded their name is as offensive as Chief Wahoo was? Do you have a name for the Cleveland Indians? The new police chief in Bay Village speaks on new job and big challenges. And on and on and on we go. Now, I literally read this, and I could keep going through the news section on the homepage, the sports section, the life and culture page. Culture page. Before I came on the air, literally seconds before I came on the air, I had read every single headline on the homepage of Cleveland.com, and not one single story was there about the shootings in Cleveland over the weekend. None. Zero. As if they don't want people to hear the truth about the violence in this city and the need for police. Now, as I refreshed my page during this reading of these headlines, lo and behold, not at the top, but they did finally add a story. Violent 4th of July sees 20 people shot. That's not accurate. Three killed in nine hours in Cleveland. Okay, maybe 20 in nine hours. 29 on the day. So it's not even their front page top news story. Up until minutes ago, it wasn't a story at all. Not one. Not one single word. Why? Why is this not blasting across every news uh, uh, 
uh, television news network, and I'm talking about you know News Three or Three News rather, and and Fox Eight News, et cetera, et cetera. The local news channels. Why isn't this the lead story in the Cleveland Plain Dealer? Why isn't this the lead story on Cleveland.com? Why aren't people outraged over this? Because if you shine a spotlight on the violence in inner cities like Cleveland's, you will recognize we need our cops. And we need more of them, not fewer of them. And we need more funding for them, not less. And we need them to have the, for the uh, city, city leaders, the elected officials, the politicians to have their backs when they have to put their lives on the line and engage with the violence going on in this city. But that doesn't doesn't work with the narrative. All right, I got a lot more on this, but I welcome you to 216-901-0945, This country is becoming a violent hellhole in almost all Democrat-run cities. All liberal Democrat-run cities for decades. All of them are liberal Democrat-run cities where all of this violence is running rampant. What is the connection? The connection is that liberals hate cops in every single situation. I'll be right back on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, it's 927. Continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, coming up in uh, about 20 minutes, we're going to talk to Congressman Jim Jordan. He'll be with us. And then at 1035 this morning, by the way, a uh, special treat. I've been looking forward to talking to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West again. It's been a long time since I've interviewed him. Alan West, former congressman and uh, war hero, uh, Alan West, who is also one of the featured black conservatives in uh, Larry Elder's new movie called Uncle Tom. He'll be with us at 1035 to talk about race in America, to talk about policing in America, and much, much more. So that'll be coming up at 1035. Make sure you're here for that. For now, let's go to Roz, who's in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Roz. Go right ahead. I'm sorry. I'm from Little Chicago. Looking at these numbers. Yeah, you're right. Okay. You're right. Cleveland is Cleveland is the kind of Chicago Junior right now. It is uh, it is one of the yeah. most dangerous okay. cities in America. Right now, uh, my councilman, the man who I ran against in thirteen, Tony Bracatelli, is the first to suggest mandated masks. Correct. Right. And then, the, and then, the Frank Jackson came through and put it in executive order. Then why did I see Tony Bracatelli? Yesterday, at the water main break, at Fleet and 65th, standing two feet away from someone without a mask on? I don't know the answer to that question. Hypocrite. Yeah, I would call that hypocritical. Meanwhile, meanwhile I can't breathe with the dang things on. I can't either. And they're giving me a hassle to go to... They're giving, yeah, but you're not old and fat. I am. They're giving me a hassle at the laundromat. Well, um, I have not worn one of those masks uh, since this whole thing started, and I'm not going to either. And if that means I can't go into the city of Cleveland, then I won't go into the city of Cleveland. And you know what I think, Roz? I think a lot of people, you know, if you do live in Cleveland, you might not have much of a choice because you've got to leave your home. 
But I think there are a whole lot of people who live outside the city limits who go into Cleveland for various reasons who are going to say they can go to, you know, where. Uh, we're not going into Cleveland. I'm not going to run the risk of being pulled over for not having a mask on in my car if I have another person with me. Uh, I'm not going to, uh, and I'm not going to cave into all of this ridiculous nonsense. So I think Cleveland is going to mm-hmm. have another move, another ridiculous decision by the mayor and by the city council to cut off their own noses despite their faces uh that uh you know that they're mandating of other people cover uh but i'm not doing it and i think there's i think there's going to be a, a financial or an economic penalty that they pay for that well here's the thing i on my job um i go outside of the city of cleveland um i will not be shopping today at the aldi's at 93rd and kinsman i will be shopping at the one in lakewood or the one in euclid Yep. Or the one in Mayfield Heights. I will not be going to Steel Yard Commons today. I'll That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Anybody who might want to go into Cleveland and, and visit one of the nice restaurants for lunch outside on the uh, on the sidewalk of the patio, nope. Anybody who's going to, and you mentioned shopping. Thanks for the call, Roz. Uh, nope. The, Cleveland's businesses, Cleveland's um, uh, uh, entrepreneurs, and Cleveland's workers are going to be the ones who suffer because of that ridiculous policy. Uh, so I'll talk more about masks coming up, but uh, I do want to get back onto the violence situation and what the city of Cleveland is doing about it, uh, if anything at all. And as a matter of fact, we don't do know what they're doing. Nothing positive. Many things negative. I'll explain more on that coming up. AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, it's 936. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, I wasn't going to do the mask story yet uh, because I wanted to focus on the violence and I want to focus on the hypocrisy and the ineptitude of of uh, Cleveland's mayor and Cleveland's city council in terms of com- combating that with traditional resources like, I don't know, police officers. Rather, they're assigning police officers to guard the Black Lives Matter mural on East 93rd to make sure nobody else comes over there and writes BLM is Marxist on it, which, by the way, is factual. Um but rather than doing uh, things like that, like all hands on deck, all officers assigned to duty will not be guarding paint jobs, but will be out there protecting and serving in the communities. Um, so let's do the mask thing, though, because uh, Roz brought it up. Um, while 29 people are being shot in the streets of Cleveland on Independence Day, the mayor is busy mandating that everybody wear masks. And if you don't wear a mask in public, you can and will be fined. Now, we're not talking about just workers anymore, which is what Mike DeWine put in place uh, when he made his uh, his uh, orders, or actually Amy Acton made his orders, that workers must wear, workers and employees must wear masks, but that clients or customers are uh, strongly encouraged to do so. No, 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 no. This is the new order by the mayor of the city of Cleveland. After Mike DeWine gave local leaders, like mayors, the option of requiring masks, he wouldn't do it for the state of Ohio, uh, DeWine, in one of his very few decent decisions, but he said local leaders can do so, and indeed they are. So here's what we have. He acted without the council's authority, but Mayor Frank Jackson introduced these measures to the legislature, the uh, council, designed to hold violators of the mask law uh, accountable. Quote, a $50 fine for any establishment employee who fails to wear a mask. A $25 fine for any establishment patron. In other words, you walk into a store without a mask, 
It's not just that they can tell you, hey, you got to wear one or you have to leave. You can be fined now by the city of Cleveland. A $3,000 fine could be levied against any venue that fails to uh, practice social distancing. That would increase to $5,000 fine for each additional offense. A $3,000 fine for any business that fails to follow occupancy limits, increasing to $5,000 for each additional offense. A $150 fine for any resident or business owner who hosts a mass gathering, increases to $300 for each additional offense. In other words, if you have a birthday party and you have more than 10 people there, you're going to be fined $150 if somebody rats you out because Frank Jackson needs, I don't know what, uh, needs to pay the retainer for the lawyers for his grandsons. Who knows? Uh, And then finally, a $50 fine for each person not wearing a mask while riding in a vehicle with at least one other person. Similar to seatbelts, they say. So in other words... If my wife and I are driving through Cleveland in our car where our germs, our droplets, our our breath is affecting no one but one another, we can each be fined $50 because we're in a vehicle in the city limits of Cleveland not wearing masks. We live together. We share germs on a regular basis, as every family does, from germs in the air to germs on surfaces to this, that, and the other. But if you drive into Cleveland, they are now telling cop, and this is to tie the two stories together, while people are being shot and killed in Cleveland on a far too frequent basis, Cleveland, the ninth most dangerous, violent city in America, while cops aren't allowed to patrol and to try to intervene and stop violent killings of people in Cleveland, the vast majority of which, by the way, are those black lives that everybody is talking about, instead of cops being told to go in there and to try to do what they can in those neighborhoods, they're being told to pull people over if they don't have masks on. $50 citation for every every person in the car that doesn't have a mask. Now I want you to think about that. I want you to ponder what kinds of what kind of leadership that we are dealing with here. And I don't do this to try to just overthrow Frank. I'm, I, you know what? I've given up on the voters of Cleveland many, many times. You keep voting for this buffoon. You keep voting for this absolute moron to lead your city. Through crime spike after crime spike, poverty rates, horrible schools, terrible leadership from the top on down. You keep voting for him. What is he on his fourth term, Frank Jackson? I think this is his fourth term, right? Uh, You know what? You get what you ask for. You asked for him. You got him. But I want people to know, people maybe outside the city of Cleveland, stop going. They won't let cops protect you, but they'll protect a paint job on East 93rd. They won't go patrol in the neighborhoods, or they won't allow the cops to patrol in the neighborhoods, because that will look like what? That will look like racial profiling. If patrol cars go up and down the streets in the most violent neighborhoods where the shootings are happening, it'll look like they're trying to lock up black people. Never mind the fact that what they would be trying to do technically is... Saving the lives of black people. Remember those black lives that are supposed to matter? 
Apparently they don't. To city leaders like Frank Jackson and most of city council, they don't. Those lives don't matter because if they did, they would put police out there protecting them. Instead, they let them just be taken in random wanton acts of violence on a regular basis. And so instead of patrolling those areas for fear of being called profilers, we're going to go out there and we're going to pull people over for driving into the city without masks on their faces. By the way, an addition to that story needs to be that the fear that is that continues to be spread by the fear mongers about the deadly virus is being exposed as being a bigger hoax than it ever was. The big news you're getting from the mainstream media is that the number of daily cases are spiking. What the media will not tell you is that the number of deaths is extraordinarily lower than it has been in any time since this whole thing began back in March. More cases, fewer deaths. Lower mortality rate. Already below 1%. Now it just continues to drop. But they won't tell you that. But they'll fine you 50 bucks for not wearing a mask in your car. All right, I got more on this. Like I said... Uh, but I'm going to take a time out here, and on the other side, Congressman Jim Jordan will join us on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, it's 948. We continue now on AM 1420, The Answer. Thank you so much for being with us. Time to uh, welcome Congressman Jim Jordan to our, to our program for his regular Monday visit. Congressman, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Bob. How are you doing? Hope I'm you good. Had a good you... I did. I did, for the most part, for the most part. But you know what, Congressman? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I couldn't help but have the feeling over the course of Saturday, the actual holiday and the weekend, that this might be the last time that we are allowed to celebrate the independence of this great nation. And, uh, and, and I say that not, not jokingly. Um, they're tearing down the statues of the men yeah. who founded this great nation. Once they tear down the statues because they are not worthy of our praise, what is next? And that is what those men who are are not worthy of our praise have built and that is the constitution yeah. and that is of course this great nation that is the result of that document and uh if, if we lose congressman if we yeah. lose uh in in the oval office and in the senate um I, I have very very little doubt that by this time next year there will be a bill at least a bill in congress and joe biden is ready to sign that will de uh certify independence day as something for the united states to celebrate and and i hope i'm not yeah, being but, hyperbolic but i feel that way yeah. No, we're not going to lose, though. That's the point, because there's uh, there's way too many people who think like you, Bob, who think like, think like the way we do, who understand that um, this is the greatest country ever. Uh, and, in, and, in, and in spite of, you know, we're not perfect, but the greatest nation in the history of the world done more good for more people around this planet than any other nation ever. People get that, and they are fed up with what they're seeing from the left. I really believe that. You know, the left keeps saying, what, what was it, uh, Senator Duckworth was even talking about some getting rid of the, the Washington monuments and Washington statues. It was like, it, it is, it is it, a United States senator. But I, I think, again, most people look at that and they're like, this is crazy. Um, so, you know, look, we're, we're, Americans have risen to the occasion every single time we've had to. We'll, we'll do it again and we'll stop this nonsense from the left. 
I, I hope you're right. But, I mean, you know, it's one thing we talk about statues, and I'm glad that the president has taken action on trying to uh, really crack down on those who would who would do, mm-hmm. do these kinds of things. But he had to give a speech, and I and I say that intentionally. I think the president had to give a speech on Friday at Mount Rushmore because that's that's where their targets yeah. are now, and 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 yeah. it's how and it's how it's being covered that I just can't I cannot look past, and I want people to understand that when CNN, which yeah. does have an influence on some people in this country when cnn covers joe biden's or excuse me barack obama's visit to mount rushmore calling it a majestic and quite a sight a wonderful place for a president to speak and trump shows up there and it's a monument of two slave owners that's what they called it as if to make donald trump look like he supports slave owners or something they have an influence congressman and that's my concern the media is a very powerful entity yeah they do and they keep trying but the speech was awesome the speech was so good it and, was, wasn't and it? Talked about the greatness of those four four amazing Americans in the, in our country, um, and the la- I mean, sometimes I just laugh. Like uh, just a few years ago, they were praising the the Democrats to go there behind Obama when they go, everything is wonderful. The president comes there, and somehow they it was a dark speech. No, it was a great speech. I think again, I think most Americans stand back and like these people are crazy. They've been trying to do this to the president for almost four years now. They're never going to change. But in spite of their craziness. You saw the economic numbers. They're back up. The Great American Comeback continues. You saw this amazing speech from the president Friday night. He gave another great speech on Saturday night. So I think in the end, most Americans are going to say the left is crazy. We get it. They're never going to stop. Whether it was impeachment, whatever you, whatever it is, they're never going to stop. But we're going to beat them anyway. Congressman, it was a violent weekend. Um, here in the city of Cleveland, uh, there were 22 separate shootings with 29 different shooting victims. Some were multiple victims of the same shootings. Three fatalities. Yeah. Chicago had 67 more with 16 more deaths. Atlanta, 12. It's going on all over the country. And I find it very interesting that the president keeps pointing out where all of this violence is is continuing to uh, to emerge. It's in yeah. cities that have been run by Democrats, not just for years, yeah. but for decades. They keep trying to say, that's not true, that's not true, but it is absolutely verifiably, sourceably true. Yeah. Uh, and, and yet these are the cities that are calling for the defunding of police. It's already yeah. violent enough uh, with your regular police force. Now let's shrink the police yeah. force, and then what's going to happen in these cities? Yeah, no, look, we had, uh, we, we had Dan Bongino in as a witness in a couple of our hearings, and he, he was just tremendous with his background as an NYPD officer and, and a member of the Secret Service. And, uh, he talked about, look, when you, when you go down this road, it's tough for police. It, it is. But more importantly, the communities that need police there for protection, for families, for businesses, for, for just to protect people. Th- th- those are the ones who are really going to be hurt, and we are seeing it play out in front of us every single weekend. So th- 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 this is what happens when you have this insane public policy which says we're not going to have police, we're going to defund them more, in Minneapolis's case, uh, they're going to abolish the police department altogether. I think we talked about this in one of the last week or the week before. You know the last time there was a Republican mayor in Minneapolis? 1963. Uh, yeah, you and I weren't you even alive, Bob. 1963. And, and you, guess what the, the makeup of the 12 members of the city council in Minneapolis is right now? Guess how many Republicans are on the city council? Zero. Zero. Eleven Democrats and, oh, that, that 12th Green Party. And somehow the, and somehow the violence that has happened and, and the terrible tragedy that happened in Minneapolis is, is the, the, the fault of Republicans and President Trump. This is how illogical and ridiculous the left has become. And, and again, I keep coming back to this. I think Americans in the end are going to see it. 
for what it is, and they're, and they're going to reelect uh, President Trump, reelect Republicans because they know how crazy the left is. Well, speaking of the crazy left, as we talk with Congressman Jim Jordan this morning on AM 1420, the answer, let's talk about your old friend, Adam. Adam Schiff, uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we, we've got to address this this Russian bounty story, which last week was just the new outrage. Uh, President Trump didn't even act. And what did Chuck Schumer say on the floor of the Senate? It's lose-lose either way, Mr. President. Either you weren't briefed, which shows that your uh, administration is incompetent, that the intelligence community doesn't even know that you should be briefed on... Uh, uh, on uh, a Russian bounty where they're paying Taliban fighters to kill American soldiers, uh, or you did know and did nothing about it. Well, it turns out that the IC community, the intelligence community, did not brief the president because the information right. was not verifiable, and you can't give that to the commander-in-chief, who may act on it unless it's verifiable. Um, but who was briefed on it was Adam Schiff. All the way back in February, and he has said not a word about what he knew about Russians paying bounties to kill Americans in Afghanistan. Yeah, he was too busy sulking about the fact that the United States Senate said that there was nothing to this impeachment. The same thing the House has said when they passed the articles out, the House Republicans had said. But maybe he was too busy sulking to, to tell anyone about it or do anything about it. Uh, turns, it turns out, uh, you, you know, here's what I wonder, too. Here's what I wonder, too. Who gave Schiff the information? I mean, remember, this is the same Adam Schiff who said that this, this whistleblower, he, uh, that, that he had no contact with the whistleblower. Well, we all know that's a, that was a bunch of baloney because the whistleblower had met with Schiff's staff. And yet Schiff says, I don't know who the whistleblower is. But I'm wondering, what if this is the same whistleblower, what if he's involved in any of this? What if he's the one who's somehow sending the message to, to the Schiff? I mean, oh, I, haven't, I, I don't know that that's the case. I probably isn't. But you just have to wonder about this guy. Um, in light of everything he has told us that turned out to be false. And the biggest one was this anonymous whistleblower who supposedly had no firsthand knowledge, who was biased against the president, who worked for Joe Biden, who met with Adam Schiff's staff. Somehow Adam Schiff didn't know who he was. I uh, wonder if he's involved in this at all. I mean, I'd like to find out. I think his biggest lie actually was the three-year lie that he said, I have yeah. verifiable proof yeah. that Donald Trump's campaign colluded with the Russians. I have proof. It's out there. And, and everybody said, well, then present. Even during the Mueller hearings, even during Bob Mueller's testimony, during the, he never, ever was required to come forth with this proof or to retract at all as being what it was, which is essentially a made-up story. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. this is the guy that we're supposed to trust. Um, Congressman, I, I want to yeah. close our conversation on a positive note if we can. That jobs report on Thursday just blew me away. Uh, 2.9 million jobs expected. Um, and again, we know these aren't quote unquote new jobs. These are people returning to their jobs mostly, but 4.8 million, not 2.9. And the unemployment rate didn't drop to 12.9. It dropped to 11.1. I mean, an enormous economic gain still in the middle of a spiking, uh, you know, co number of COVID cases in a lot of states and in a lot of cities. So the economy is roaring back faster than, um, you know, than I think anybody would have expected. And, I'm fearful, Congressman, that this isn't going to be allowed to continue, that they are going to demand in all of these blue states, uh, their governors are going to demand a shutdown again because they cannot allow well, the economy to come back like this between now and November. No, it was great numbers. And, and, and look, this is where citizens have to stand up and say, we, we can't go back into another lockdown. Uh, we've got to use common sense measures, but we're not going to, uh, to deal with this virus. But we cannot go back into a lockdown. The great American comeback has started. And, and, and what I would like for some of these Democrat mayors and Democrat governors, and I said this last week in the committee hearing, I'd like some consistency. I, I started the, the, the hearing off with one simple question to the witness. 
I said, hey, it was an admiral who did a great job, Admiral Giroux, who was working with, the, with President Trump's administration. But I asked him a simple question. I said, what's more important, going to church or protesting? Because according to it, it, both, both fundamental First Amendment liberties, but according to Democrat mayors and Democrat governors, going, uh, uh, going out to protest is much more important than going to church. Because remember, they wouldn't let people go to church. But Mayor Garcetti, who was one of the people who wouldn't let you go to church during this pandemic, Mayor Garcetti is out in front of thousands of people bending the knee to bowing down to the, 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 the cancel culture left with no mask on and everything else, part of the protest. But somehow you couldn't go to church. You couldn't go to church. And, and then I asked him, I said, what's more important, going to a loved one's funeral or protesting? And again, both are critically important, but obviously the Democrat mayors and Democrat governors protesting is more important than going to a loved one's funeral. Or how about this one, Bob? What's more important, engaging in your livelihood, opening your business, or protesting? And once again, if you just, if you just listen to Democrat mayors and Democrat governors, protesting trumps everything else, and that is ridiculous. So I hope citizens around this country say, we're not going to tolerate this inconsistency from you guys, this let, let me do this, let me not do that. That has got to end, and we've got to keep this great American comeback happening. Yeah, the you mentioned Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles. Uh, the governor of the entire state of California's latest uh, orders include the following, quote, avoid parties and gatherings. This is uh, bullet point number four of five. Number four is avoid parties and gatherings. Number five is protests still allowed. <laughs> so I, I, I just think about, think about what that says. Um, last thing, no. Congressman, la- last thing, I know you were, you were obviously a huge uh, wrestling, wrestler, a star wrestler in high school and in college, but did you watch basketball? You know, I, Wrestlers and basketball, they same season. Yeah. You can't do both. Are yeah, you basketball? Sure I'm, sure I'm wondering if I'm wondering if in general. Yeah. I'm wondering if you're going to watch the new NBA when they return here in about a month. Um, the NBA that is going to adorn the court with big pay, big letters that say Black Lives Matter, and they are going to allow players to wear uh, social justice slogans on the backs of their jerseys yeah. instead of their names. Uh, and I was yeah. just reading a full list of the approved messages here. Is this a way to foster unity, in your opinion, Congressman, uh, to support a Marxist, self-admitted, by the way, self-admitted Marxist organization, which is what BLM is, and all of these yeah. woke sayings on the back of jury? Is that a way to foster unity, or is that just going to expand more division? Well, we, we got to remember, and I thought this, uh, I think it was Marcellus Wiley uh, uh, on the show did amazing uh, commentary on his show, I think it's the ESPN show last week, where he Fox. Laid He's out on Fox. BLM, yes, it was awesome. Yeah, on Fox. What, what he laid out what BLM Incorporated stands for, and the, the Marxist, socialist, radical ideas behind it. He talked about the family, the institution of the family, that, that fundamental institution that I, I think forms the, the backbone of any healthy culture. He laid it out what BLM Inc. is all about. And, and that's what that's a message we need the, the, the American people to understand. So I, I don't know. Is the NBA going to let people put on? Uh, can you put on "Make America Great"? Can you put that on the back of your uh, of your jersey? I mean, wh- wh- what what's 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 allowed? What isn't? If it's if you're truly allowed to say whatever you want, then then I, I'd like to see if those kind of statements are going to be allowed, or is it only going to be statements that the hard left, the cancel culture mob approves? Um, that, that that to me would be the fundamental question. I completely agree, and I got to tell you, from my from my standpoint, I've watched my last NBA game. And and by the way, and I'm sorry, and I know it's ten oh two when we're past our news, but just super fast on this one. Did you know that there are two separate Americas? That there's a white America and a black America, and there's a white national anthem and there's a black national no, anthem. I didn't know that, no. but the National Football League now has said prior to all home openers, they're going to play the Star Spangled Banner, apparently just for white America, and then they're going to play something called the Black National Anthem as well. Again, what? I thought we were supposed to be a unified country. 
yeah, they continue to do all of these things that divide us exactly, right down exactly. the line. I guess I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that. <laughs> They're playing two national anthems? Yes, yes, prior to so, each home I opener. Only, I thought there was only one national anthem. So did uh, I. Is, so did I. This is the craziest thing ever. Lo and behold. Hey, by the way, the song is a nice song. The song The song I'm told that is sometimes referred to black national anthem is called Lift Every Voice and Sing, I think it is. I think it's a hymn. It's sung in a lot of black churches, which is totally fine. Love it. I might yeah. even sing it. But it's not a national yeah. anthem. And it, we have one national <laughs> anthem because we have one nation that represents all right. of us, of all one, colors and all creeds. We don't do we One cannot, nation under God, indivisible, right? Right? One nation under God, <laughs> indivisible, and the greatest one ever. Yeah. That, that is, I don't know, man. So now I can't Again. watch basketball or football anymore because I will not support them and their division of our great country. Congressman, I'm sorry to keep you late. Thank you so much for the time, sir. You bet, Bob. Thanks. Take care. 10, 10.03, let's get our news and come back.